Hello, everybody. Happy fall. I cannot believe that we're already to this point of the year where we're talking about Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Also, why does Christmas stuff come out so early? It's just, it's the first days of fall, I feel like, and I look around and see Christmas decorations and themed Christmas food, and I just feel like we're really erasing Halloween and Thanksgiving, and we're not giving them their moment, you know? I get the Christmas love. I love Christmas or the time of the holiday season if you don't particularly celebrate Christmas, but we got to give these other holidays their moments, you know what I'm saying? And we are going to give Halloween its moment on today's podcast episode, but before I go into that, I need to introduce myself in the podcast for if you're new here. My name is Mallory Page. I'm a registered dietitian, and I am also the host of this podcast, which I created because I wanted a space to be able to discuss things from a non-diet perspective, such as body image, current events, holidays, nutrition, etc., etc. And diet culture is this pervasive belief that the way that we look is more important than how we feel mentally, physically, emotionally. And this persists in so many of the areas that I've mentioned. And most of the perspectives that we see online are very diet culture oriented. And so I want this podcast to be another perspective for you. I hope that you take away something from each episode. Some episodes have a ton of research. Others are more of a discussion. But always I'll be bringing you educated opinions on a topic. This episode, I'm doing something I've never done before, and I'm really excited about it. And it's going to be kind of a survival guide 101 to Halloween. Because as you know, Halloween is coming up next week. I'm recording this a week out from Halloween to the T. And everyone has different emotions leading into holidays. I mean, some of us, we love a holiday. It's so fun. Maybe Halloween is your favorite. Others were not as much of holiday lovers. And the reasonings for that can differ. Maybe you just don't like the holiday itself, or maybe you're struggling with your relationship with food and body image. Maybe you've been stressing for weeks about what your plans are going to be or what costume you're going to wear or all the food and treats that are surrounding it. But no matter what angle you're coming in from to this episode, I really want this to be a place where you feel like you can generate a plan and have some reframes around some typical themes from Halloween, including but not limited to the foods involved and how to interact with them and not falling into a cycle that's not going to feel supportive to you just living in your best way as well as the party culture around Halloween and also the pressure of Halloween costumes and how that may impact your body image. But before we get into our quote-unquote survival guide, I wanted to just revisit the Halloween experience a little bit with you guys because if you're anything like me, as a kid, I just loved Halloween especially when I was really young because I was all about the Halloween costume. I'm pretty sure I went as a witch for Halloween about four years in a row. I remember distinctly in fifth grade that I went as a boy for Halloween (laughs) and I went with one of my friends and some people didn't recognize that we were dressed up and so they wouldn't give us candy, 
which I don't know if that is a compliment to the fact that I looked really good in my costume or a negative in the fact that I didn't end up getting candy when I put all of this work into my costume. But outside of picking the costume, I also loved watching the Disney Channel specials and Nickelodeon going trick-or-treating and doing candy trades. I mean, I will never forget how every year in Colorado, the temperature and weather in Halloween felt like this just big moment because oftentimes the first snow or the biggest cold snap comes, no joke, a few days before or even on the day of Halloween. And some years it would be snowing and some years it would be so beautiful and you're always kind of waiting on the edge of your seat to see if you have to change your costume to be conducive to the elements. So I just felt like I had such a positive experience with Halloween and even the way that my parents dealt with the candy and all of that stuff, I just look back with fond memories from those beginning years. And I mean, of course, I look back with fond memories on the Reese's Cups that I gathered. And when you would go to the busiest streets that had the king-size candy bars, I mean, that is just the best experience. But as I got into college and even in high school as well, the feelings of Halloween change so much. I think in high school, there's this weird in-between where you don't trick-or-treat, but maybe you wear costumes, and there can feel like there's this weird pressure on what your plans are and how your costume looks, and that is really exacerbated in college. At least it was in my experience, especially when you then layer drinking onto the experience. And I went to University of Arizona. It's a huge party school. It's a big Halloween school. It's also warm all the time, so we don't have any inhibitory challenges with wearing costumes that don't have a lot to them. So whenever I got to Halloween, I always felt like there was some stress both about deciding, you know, did you want to go out? For us, we went out to the frats and drink and be around so many people that would be out for this holiday. And then if you did, what were you going to wear? And you would see people in costumes that were very little and kind of compare yourself to the sexiness of that costume. But there was just, you know, there were a lot of layers to the experience that is Halloween. And I've been noticing these layers also show up on social media in these weeks leading up to the holiday. I have seen so many different types of posts that would align themselves to all three different periods of life that I just described with Halloween. To start off with, as a kid, I have seen posts of people saying how you shouldn't let your kids trick-or-treat at all, or you should let them trick-or-treat, but then swap every single thing that they have in their baskets for something healthified or for nothing at all, and even saying that you should trade candy for dried fruit. And I mean, let's just state the obvious. Reese's Cups and candies are not the same as dried fruit. That is just a fact. Then when it comes to more of this high school or college era, there are just so many posts about the leading up to Halloween, quote-unquote, plan. I've seen people joking about 
you know, workout plans or ways they're going to eat to be in their costume. And I've also just seen people generally post social media costumes or post their costumes and celebrations on social media, which of course there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, that's what social media is for. But I do think for some people this can lead to comparison and maybe there's certain people that this has led to comparison for you and that's brought up challenge. So when we think about all of the things I just said, no matter where you're at in this journey, although I'm pretty sure there's no children listening to this, so it would probably be an adult thinking about how they are going to manage their child's Halloween, there are some reminders that I want to give to you. Number one, Halloween day is 0.27% of your year, and Halloween week if you celebrate for an entire week, is 1.92% of the year. When you start to get in your head about celebrating it and enjoying it, whether that be eating candy, that be having your kids have candy or treats, going out to a party, not going out to a party, whatever it may be, please remember that it is just such a small percentage of your year. The second thing to remember is that holidays are meant to bring joy. And one of the non-negotiables of a healthy relationship with food is actually experiencing joy. And if you struggle with feeling like you always have to optimize things, whatever that may be, think about optimizing joy during this season rather than trying to optimize things that don't really matter that much to you in the long run. So an example of this is maybe you struggle with kind of some orthorexic thoughts or obsession with wellness and ingredients, and you feel like you're stressing about your kids or yourself having normal quote-unquote treats at Halloween. Remind yourself that the joy from that experience is going to really enhance just health holistically for you because you're embracing it to its fullest, allowing these cravings, allowing the fun and the natural progression of the experience in and of itself. If you're struggling with feeling like you have to optimize and maximize your social Halloween experience, recognize that there is no such thing as what's going to make all of us feel the most joy and happiness. If your version of happiness is doing a movie marathon and eating popcorn and treats with your friends or by yourself, that is great. You don't have to have fun by doing what society often shows as the vision of fun. On that note, number three in our survival guide here is that you do not need to eat healthified versions of Halloween treats or swapped versions. You have the permission to eat the normal treats. I know that this can be hard, but I'm telling you guys to tip number four, restricting yourself in any sense, mentally or physically or even emotionally with food and honestly anything will show up somewhere else. So for example, if you are trick-or-treating with your little one or on your own and you really want a Reese's, but you force yourself to wait or say, no, I'm going to get home and I'm going to eat this X, Y, and Z food or my normal dessert or whatever it is, or no, I've had too much today. What's going to likely end up happening is that you're either going to eat more of that one food that you've deemed as safe or acceptable, 
than what will actually make you feel good. Or you'll eat the normal amount, but you won't actually feel fully satisfied because you're not choosing what you're craving. And this type of restriction that can happen mentally, physically, or emotionally will build up over time. And even if it doesn't release in that moment, it will release later on. To give you perspective, there were about two or three years where I restricted in amounts and in mentally what I allowed myself to have and also emotionally without any quote-unquote binge or release. But there was a point that I hit where all of that changed and that is consistently what I see for every single one of my clients and also is something that is pretty much a part of the process and if you're recovering. And I don't say that to make it sound scary. I just say it so that if you're having that thought that's coming up, we can kind of push that to the side. Number five is ask yourself what you would have told your younger self. Would you tell eight-year-old you that you couldn't have a candy while you're trick-or-treating or throughout the Halloween weekend or week? Probably not, I would assume. And if so, there's definitely a lot we can unpack there. So unpack there, I should say. So why should it be different now? And also, if it's more helpful for you, you could think about what you'd say to a best friend or what you'd say to your child, etc., etc. Now, some just kind of main reminders that I know you guys know that I want to just repeat are don't restrict during the day. You got to have all your meals and all your snacks. It's going to help you out so much. It'll prevent binges. It's the best when you go into experiences fueled rather than not fueled and you will feel better trick-or-treating, celebrating, or doing whatever it is if you have enough fuel for your body. Following that, you don't have to compensate for what you eat, telling yourself that you'll restrict the next day or burn extra calories or whatever it may be. It only keeps you in a cycle that is not beneficial for you. So please remind yourself that you don't need to do anything to earn a food or earn an amount or earn rest or earn doing what feels best for you. And last but not least is remember that foods are not inherently good or bad. You're not a good or bad person based on what you eat and having self-compassion, thinking about your younger self, thinking about what you'd say to a best friend is so, so important here. Now, I know that these are all much more based in the general Halloween experience and not so much in the kind of party experience that I was mentioning that comes up in college, although I think all of these can relate to that point in time. But I do want to talk about the partying aspect that can go along with Halloween, and this is a very taboo topic, I feel like which is why a lot of people don't talk about it. And I am going to start off with a very strong disclaimer. I am in no ways recommending drinking. I'm in no way condoning underage drinking. I am not suggesting the consumption of alcohol. I am simply discussing alcohol and how it plays into Halloween in general. So now that we got that out of the way, I just want to first say, you know, I've I've been a part of the Halloween partying experience many different times in college and out of college. And I think it's a huge thing for many people, but especially people in their late teens and 20s. And 
I want to first say that if your plans for this Halloween are going out and partying and doing that whole thing and you're excited about it, that is great. I'm glad that you have done what feels best for you with that. Of course, another disclaimer, please be safe when you are doing whatever it is that you're going to be doing. And I'm by no means trying to put a damper on that or say something negative about it, but there are some challenges that can come up in these experiences, and I want to address some of them. So the first thing is the drinking culture around Halloween in and of itself can be wild. As I mentioned, where I went to school, Halloween was a big thing. And also, a lot of people that maybe didn't as commonly go out went out on Halloween. So you had masses of people. To give context, University of Arizona has around 50,000 people, I think around 23 or 30,000 undergrads. And it felt like everybody you knew was out on Halloween. Of course, that's an exaggeration. But because of this, you also saw a lot of just kind of extreme drinking behaviors that can be really detrimental. I actually talked about drunkorexia in a podcast a while back. I'll link it down below. In that episode discusses the accommodations between disordered eating and drinking, so highly suggest checking that out if that just piques your interest or maybe you feel like there are some ways that you're relating to that. But to cover it quickly, the lead up to Halloween because of the pressure around costumes and because of the fact that it's this huge thing oftentimes leads people to maybe restrict the amount that they're eating going into it, whether it be the week of or the day of or whatever else time period it may be, and or potentially drink more than they usually would because they're trying to acclimate to the social scenario. And this is something that I just want to hone in on because I want to encourage you to make sure that you really do nourish your body enough that you don't fall into this cycle as Halloween comes about because it's just not worth it to be undernourished going into this. It will only lead to a worse experience for you. Now, some of you guys listening to this may feel like, I don't want to go out at all, and yet there is almost this pressure to feel like I should, and also maybe even this pressure if I do want to go out to drink. Story about this. My freshman year of college which, yes, I know, freshman year of college, technically under 21. But as I mentioned, not condoning underage drinking, just speaking to college culture, many of you guys know that people drink when they are under 21 in college. I did not drink almost at all my freshman year of college. It was for the reason of being obsessed with health, and it was actually not for beneficial reason. It was quite inhibitory to me, not because I needed to drink alcohol, but because I had a horrible mindset around it. And I actually would go out to the frats or wherever, house parties, without drinking. And I actually had some really fun times doing that. And I know that there are people too that don't drink or are sober or are sober curious that 
say similar sentiments that there can be some fun that is had in going out without drinking. At the same time, it's definitely a very different experience drinking while you go out versus not drinking. And I think that you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to have to go out if you don't want to. You have the ability to decide what feels right for you in terms of your Halloween experience. And if, as I said, that means that you just chill at home, don't feel like you are doing something wrong or that it's uncool or that you should be doing this because ultimately all that matters is that you are having a good time and that you are doing something that makes you feel your best. So I really want you guys to remember that it's all about what works for you and if you're deciding that you would like to go out and you're going to be partaking in drinking alcohol. Quick reminders, please don't drink alcohol on an empty stomach. Please make sure you eat enough throughout the day. Please be careful about the amounts that you are drinking. Make sure that you have friends that are there for you. Please make sure, especially women that are listening to this, be safe with your drink. Be safe with people that are around you because even the people that you may trust, they sometimes are doing things that are not great. And so just really be mindful of having a safe environment or setting up yourself for success, I guess I should say, if you do go out. I know I sound lame, but I'm not trying to be lame. I'm just speaking from experience and wanting you guys to have a good time if that's what you decide. Now, if you don't want to go out, I thought about how it could be fun to put together a list of activities that you could do. So some ideas, you could go to a haunted house with friends, you could have a scary movie marathon, although scary movies are truly my worst nightmare. I genuinely don't watch a minute of a scary movie. (laughs) I, I sit there and I cover my eyes the whole dang time. So maybe it's just spooky movies. Or maybe it's cute Halloween-themed movies. Whatever works out for you. Handing out candy to trick-or-treaters. Having a pumpkin carving competition with friends. I did this a couple of years ago with friends. We had a couple's pumpkin carving competition, and it was so fun. You could do baking. You could do anything that seems like a good time to you. You could even read a spooky book. Some of the books that I'm wanting to read this month include The X-Hex Bunny, which is supposedly more leaning into the horror category, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Akatar, that series, I'm still waiting to start it. Not necessarily Halloween-themed, but it's fantasy-themed, which gives me fall vibes. And there are so many other fun October wrecks that you could read in this period of time. I would also suggest putting on a background onto your TV if you can that matches the aesthetic because, ugh, it's the best reading with the background up that has maybe some light music. I'm getting excited just thinking about this. And if these are sounding more fun to you as you're thinking about your plans and you don't have them, maybe reach out to someone that you think would be interested in this. 
create a plan, and then you'll have someone to kind of stick to that plan with, which will feel easier than potentially being pressured more last minute. Although, of course, you can change your plans. It's just trying to set yourself up for success. Now, I know as I go through these two examples, I'm not really hitting on the group of you that may be trick-or-treating yourself or trick-or-treating with your little ones and discussing the element of candy. Now, I know that candy is super tricky because I remember when I was trick-or-treating, we would get so much candy. I mean, enough candy, I swear, to last a year because we would want to trick-or-treat forever and ever. And I feel like people in our neighborhood gave out a lot of stuff because there weren't that many people that trick-or-treated in our specific neighborhood. So as a parent or as someone that is going through this, it's ultimately up to you to decide what you want to do. But what I would suggest is trying not to take a restrictive or replacement mindset with your kid or with yourself. I am not an expert, I wouldn't say, on stuff with kids around Halloween just because I don't have a kid myself. But there are some good accounts online that I will try to remember to link down below that talk about preparing for Halloween. And ultimately, I think it's best to go in with a plan so that you don't accidentally come off as really restrictive to your kid, freak out about the candy that they're having or the candy that you yourself are having. You know, what's going to help you to feel your best? And more than anything, remember that it's okay if you eat more candy than you normally would. It's okay if you eat candy to the point where you recognize, hmm, maybe I'm a little more full or don't feel 100% like I thought, or if your kid has that experience, because it's not something you do all the time, and it's also something that helps us to learn what makes our body feel best. Now, no matter what you're doing with your plans, please just remember that you are the one that is most important Doing what other people want is not going to make you feel your best. Of course, it's important to be flexible to think of other people's feelings, but don't compromise your morals and what will feel good for you either. And this last point perfectly brings us into the final piece of the Halloween survival guide that I want to talk about, which is costumes around Halloween. I swear every single year to no fail... I see so much discourse around Halloween costumes. Last year, I remember that Alex Earl, who is an influencer that has become really popular online, posted her Cinderella costume, which is essentially, I believe, lingerie, and then kind of had like the Cinderella headband and, and hair and everything. And there were people that duetted that in their funny costume and said something like two different types of girls. And that created arguments about which one of them is a quote unquote pick me. And is it rude to do those type of comments? And is it bad to dress this way or that way? And it kind of becomes exhausting, I think, on all fronts. I will share just a personal opinion, which whenever I share a personal opinion, I am always going to name it on this podcast. I think people should just get to wear whatever the heck they want. If you want to wear the sexy Cinderella, go for it, girl. 
if you want to wear a funny costume, amazing. But I think that it's so important to not make someone else feel bad about their choice. And also, it's important to feel good about your choice. Because for some of you guys, you may feel like this is so much fun and you love doing this. You look forward to it every year. You feel really confident. And that is so awesome. As I mentioned, this was a huge thing at my school. <clears throat> I had friends that loved this. They were so looking forward to it every year. And that's so great. For me, I didn't feel like it was as much of my thing because I had a crap ton of body image issues <laughs> and food issues. So I was extremely insecure and I was very jealous of people that could do this with confidence. I was jealous of people that could wear the costumes. I was jealous of how other people looked in their costumes. I mean, I was dealing with every area of comparison you could possibly imagine. And there's also other people, unlike the first girl or myself, that genuinely are not interested in this, not because they have body image issues, but just because they don't want to do it and it doesn't sound fun for them. And I feel like it's important to create space for all of these different people and to set yourself up for success that aligns with how you feel. I do feel like it is sometimes this norm or expectation for women to dress this way. And I do think that's important to make note of. I was actually reflecting on my experience and thinking back to how many people maybe wore a funny costume or something that wasn't more along these lines. And it was very few. And even more so, I don't know if someone would have even gotten into some of these really large, really busy parties if they hadn't been dressed more along the lines of like this sexy type of costume. And that just is so horrendous to think back on because it really makes it feel like it's this rule that's unstated that women need to dress this way. And I think sometimes it can even feel like that when you go into a party city and you look around and you feel like every single costume is the same. And again, not saying that because I think it's bad that this is something that comes up around Halloween, but I think that it is important to feel like you can choose what you want to do and you don't have to match what society or your peers or whoever is actually doing. Especially because if you're listening to this podcast, you may relate to college me and the body image struggles that I mentioned that I was experiencing. I mean, you may feel like even now you're struggling with body image on a normal day and Halloween and these holidays are just adding so much additional pressure to show more skin, wear tighter clothes, go out in a costume that draws attention that maybe you don't want to draw. And I just want to say that I'm thinking of you and I'm here for you if you are struggling with this. It's really hard. And I want to give you a few, again, kind of survival tips for this if you're feeling that way. Number one, when you're choosing your costume, stop and think about what you actually want to wear and what will feel good to wear. The expectations that other people have for you do not matter at the end of the day because your internal experience is going to shape any external experience that you have. 
So wear something that makes you feel comfortable, whether that be sexy, funny, something in between, or not dressing up at all. And that comfort should be both in just physically how it feels on your body and also how you feel going out in it. Number two, I highly suggest thinking about how you could create a costume with things you already own and that you know fit you rather than having to stress about buying something new, sizes, or shopping. This is especially true if you're on a recovery journey right now and maybe your body is in fluctuation so that way you don't feel like there's potential for you to try on elements of this costume again in the future and feel like there was change that feels stressful. This also saves you money, and this can create a lot less mental distress, and therefore you don't have to go through the the challenge of ordering sizes and all of that stuff. Number three, also remember that you can do a fun group costume. This is almost always what I opted for in college and even in high school. I just thought it was so much more fun to do a group costume with someone where you could kind of be a character of a favorite TV show or do a little pun or something along those lines. I mean, Halloween is ultimately supposed to be a fun thing that we get to do and a way to get together and connect with friends. So that's always something that can kind of increase your confidence is if you have someone in it with you. And maybe that person even feels some of the same nerves that you're feeling around Halloween and how great it is that you can then chat with them about it. Now, last but not least, remember everyone else is 100% more focused on themselves, their costume, how they're feeling, how they're looking than they are on you. People aren't going to remember how you looked in this costume, probably won't even remember what you're wearing. And even in that moment, most people are just going to think, wow, that's such a cool costume. They're not thinking about how your stomach looks or your legs look or whatever other insecurity you may have coming up. They're just doing the same thing as you, probably worrying more about themselves. I hope that these tips were helpful for all of these different categories. I'd be super curious to hear what you think about this kind of survival guide type of episode, especially around the holiday season. I mean, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. So if you would want something like this for going into that, please let me know. I really hope that you guys all have such a fun holiday if you decide to celebrate or however you do end up celebrating. I'm always so appreciative of you guys listening and if you enjoyed this episode and feel the need or feel the desire, you do not need to, feel the desire to give it a rating or review, share it with someone or anything else, I so, so appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye!